Thanks for checking out the Basecamp podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Zach Spector. I was, I heard this thing, and I was, I was in the middle of the rumor, and I was like, what are you talking about? Really? Like, please tell me you guys at Basecamp don't spread rumors or start them. My goodness. It's childish. But what happens when you find yourself in the middle of the rumor? When you find yourself as the target of the hate? When people look at you and look at your faith, look at your relationship with Jesus and say, you're fake. Or you're a hypocrite. You say you go to church, but you're a hypocrite. The first thing we have to do is we have to see it coming. How many of you have seen the movie Blindside? Blindside should have been on that list, actually, for movies. Because that is, man, I cry, I, I'm not emotional, but I cried watching Blindside. It just touched my heart, man. And I love that big, what's his name? Big Mike! Mike? Mike, yeah, Big Mike. My dad's name's Big Mike, because his name's Mike. I don't know why that's relevant, but... I love that movie. I love it. In, in the role of, of this guy, Big Mike, his role on the football field is to, he's the left tackle. And basically in football, what the left tackle does is they're, it's an offensive lineman, so they're blocking the guy who's trying to sack the quarterback. So he's not, but not only, all the linemen are trying to block. So what makes his position special? Well, he's on the left end. In the left end, if you're a quarterback, you throw like this, right? Who wants to go out for a pass? I wish we had a football. This would have been a great sermon illustration. I was going to send Will on a fly route right down the center. So the quarterback, the quarterback hikes it, right? He takes a few steps back. For the Broncos this weekend, it will be Brock Osweiler. My brother sent me a picture this morning of, it's like a Brock lobster. It's like Brock with lobster hands. Okay, Will, go out. Okay, so the quarterback, right? Hike. And he's going back, and he's backpedaling, and he's waiting, and he's looking for the open receiver. And Will's open, and I try to throw it. But right along this side, this is called my blind side. Blind side, exactly. Hold on, I was actually going to throw you the ball. We just didn't get there yet. So his role is so important because he's protecting my blind side. What happens if, a, if, if the guy comes from this end, I can see him coming. But if he comes from that end, I cannot see him coming. So yeah, it's probably going to be a sack, which is bad in football. But more than that, the quarterback will probably fumble because he never saw it coming. You ready? My arms are, I went to Orange Theory this week. I don't even think I can throw it that far. That was my fault. Thanks, Will. One of the most important things in our walk with Jesus is we have to see it coming. We cannot allow people to blindside us. That's what they want to do. People want to blindside us. They want to attack us from areas we can't see. And here's the big thing. Because James says, consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds or from all angles. But what happens when the, the persecution is within? Like, I get it when somebody that you don't even know, maybe like you're you know, this, this person, this stranger at school started, you know, saying something bad about you. But what happens when it's like your people? 
What happens when it's somebody in the church, somebody in the body of Christ, somebody in this youth group that's spreading rumors about you, gossiping, persecuting you, attacking you, slandering you? What about then? That's when it's hard for me. It gets hard for me when it's somebody that's supposed to be on my own team and they're talking poorly about me. And I was reading the story of, of Jesus and thinking on the story of Jesus. And, you know, it's, it's, it's God's own people that mocked him, insulted him, and persecuted him. It was God's own people. Don't be shocked or surprised when God's people come against you, when they insult you. You have to see it coming. John 16, 1, he says, I've told you these things so that you will not stumble. Or no, no, in the ESV, the first verse we read, I've said all these things to keep, I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. But let's put up on the screen the NLT. The NLT says it like this. It says, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. Has that been working? There we go. I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. Your faith. Let's go to the amplified version. I have told you these things so that you will not stumble or be caught off guard and fall away. I've told you these things so you will not stumble or be caught off guard and fall away. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm warning you. People don't like this Jesus thing. People don't understand the world does not get it. If they persecute you, make fun of you, mock you, shake it off. We have to see it coming. I have told you these things so you won't stumble or be caught off guard. He doesn't want you to be caught off guard. He's telling these things so we won't abandon our faith. Number one, we have to see it coming. Number two, we have to see it through. We have to see it through. When you're being persecuted, coming against, someone's attacking you, you have to see it coming, and then you have to see it through. Jesus doesn't say, oh, you're going to be attacked or persecuted, so just run away and flee. Jesus doesn't say, oh, I've told you these things, so you'll go find a new location or go find a new high school. The high school isn't the problem. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. Jesus is saying, hey, see it coming. See it through. Even though it's coming against you, don't let that move your feet. Stay planted on the truth of God. You are more than a conqueror. What about all the promises of the Bible? That what was meant for evil, God will turn for good. Genesis 50, what about... In Romans 8, I'll work all things together for good. God is doing something in your life, and sometimes in our lives, we have to go through some persecution. We have to, there were, like I said, there was a rumor started, and I'm like, what? First of all, that's crazy. Second of all, let's go. Like, let's go, man. I'm ready. I'm I am in love with Jesus, and if you want to talk poorly about me, so be it. If you want to spread false rumors about people, so be it. 
I'm on a, a, a journey with Jesus. I, in, in the Bible, refers to it like a race. I am running my race. I don't have time to look right or look left or listen right or listen left or get off my, my track. I'm going after God. Jesus is saying, I said these things to you so you won't abandon your faith. My question tonight is, where does your faith go when things get shaky? It's easy to know where your faith is when you're on a mountaintop. Maybe you're at summer camp or you're at a church conference. It's easy when you get an A in your school or you get a promotion at your job. It's easy when family life is good. But what about when it isn't? It's easy when all your friends love you and, oh, man, I love Brennan. He's just the best dude in the world. I love him so much. But what about the next day or the next week or the next month? Oh, I can't stand Brennan. Said no one ever. Maybe they're not even saying it, but maybe it's voices in your head saying it. Where do you go when things get tough? Jesus is trying to warn us and tell us, hey, when things get tough, don't be shaken. Don't allow your faith to be shaken. Keep your feet planted. But here's the issue. A lot of us in church, we, we sing this song, Oceans, like, Spirit Lead Me. You know that song? Who knows the words? Where my trust is without borders. This is the line. Ready? Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Go, keep going. Take me deeper. Set me out upon the waters. Take me deeper. Let's go. <laughs> hey, a lot of us, though, we sing those lines. But it's a lot easier to sing those lines than to live them. It's a whole lot easier to pray, God, come on, expand my territory. Give me more favor. Give me more influence. Take me further. Take me deeper. Take me out upon the waters. Until we get out on the waters, without borders, in the middle of the ocean, and we feel like we're drowning. And then we're literally praying and asking God to deliver us from our prayer request. We pray like, God, where are you? Save me. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like he's up in heaven saying, I thought you wanted to go out upon the waters. We get out upon the waters, we get to the places God has called us, and then it gets windy, and it, get, it gets wavy, and it's not what we thought it'd be like. And people aren't treating us like we thought they'd treat us. And we're unsure what to do. I think a lot of people in this place tonight are in that spot. We've been following Jesus for a while. We face some attack, we face some persecution. But we're out in the middle of the ocean, and we have no idea what to do. Point number three is allow the anchor to be the anchor. See it coming, see it through. We have to allow the anchor to be the anchor. I think there's a lot of things and characteristics of God that we cling to, but there are a few that we just kind of disregard or throw off, throw off. 
And I love what Hebrews calls Jesus. It says we have this hope, this steadfast and sure anchor of the soul. The author of Hebrews is writing and saying, hey, the entire world feels like it's drowning. But you, you have an anchor. You have an anchor for your soul. Jesus is saying, hey, it's going to get windy. It's going to get wavy. It's going to feel at times like you're drowning. I've told you these things so you won't abandon your faith. I've told you these things to remind you, when it comes, you have an anchor. The world doesn't have an anchor. The world doesn't have this hope. The world doesn't have this love. We have something in Jesus that the whole world is searching for and cannot find. The entire world searching for an anchor. So they anchor themselves in a relationship. Oh, that man, he's a man of God. He's my anchor. We even hear that sometimes. My husband, he's my anchor. Maybe it's not a boyfriend or a girlfriend for you yet, but maybe it's a friend group. These are my people. Yeah, they're my ride-or-die people, man. We get through life together. With my people, man, they're my anchor. I'll never go down. I'm good as long as I have my people. Maybe it's a sport. For me, my anchor really, my identity, my anchor was in sports. I don't care if people don't like me. I don't have a girlfriend at the time in high school, but, but I got sports. I got basketball, man. And as long as I got basketball, I'm good. I'll stay afloat. The issue is none of those things are true anchors. None of those things will keep you afloat. The definition of an anchor is a device normally made of metal used to prevent the craft from drifting due to wind or current. It's a device that's used to keep the boat from drifting due to wind or current. The definition, it's derived from Latin, but the Greek word is ankura, and it is the same exact word found in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus is your anchor. Jesus isn't a temporary anchor. He's not a faulty anchor. He's not a flaky anchor. Some of you have your anchor in people. Your foundation is people, your friend group. They're flaky. You can't have your anchor in something that's moving and shifting along with you. That makes no sense. We have our anchor in culture, but culture is always changing. Your anchor may be in popularity or pop culture or celebrities. And they're always shifting and changing. We've got these anchors and all these different things. And God's saying, I am your anchor. Through the wind, through the waves, I'm your anchor. I'm here for you. I love you. I died for you. When you're living your life as a Christian, life is meant to get tough. Life is meant to shake you up. Jesus wants to prove to you that he's your anchor. The same way he proved to you he's your savior and your deliverer and your healer. He is your anchor. 
Jesus is going to make sure your ship don't sink. Jesus is going to make sure that, hey, yeah, that's why we can pray that. Spirit, lead me. Call me on the water. Take me deeper because I know that you're my anchor. Some of you are stagnant because you don't have that revelation in your heart that Jesus is your anchor. God's not going to take you out to the middle of the ocean until you first realize and recognize that he is my anchor. Pastor Andrew's got a little girl. He's not just going to, like, put his little girl in the 10-foot pool and say, Good luck, RK. Hope it works out for you. What? What kind of parent would throw their kid in the middle of the deep end or like into the ocean, like we're on a boat and we just throw the little toddler out into the ocean? What? God wants us to have this revelation that he is our anchor so that no matter what comes in our lives, we can stick to that. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I just pray for anybody that feels like they're going through it, whether it's other people or insults or whatever. I pray that you would be their anchor and that you would be the voice that leads them and guides us. You are our shepherd. Continue to take us step by step. I thank you that we never walk alone. Remind us of that tonight. As we go throughout this week, we begin to handle things differently because we know you're our anchor. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our base camp community aims to take young people onward and upward in their walk with Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at basecampsm.com or follow us on any social media platform at basecamp underscore sm. Have a great rest of your day.